Welcome back to another episode of Life in Space. Today's episode is a Modulator Bay episode uh, with Mr. Basic and I. It is titled, It Is Now 2021. So uh, if you enjoy synthesizers and talks about interesting gear, uh, enjoy the show and uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Hi everybody, Mr. Basic here. Welcome to Modulator Bay. Another great episode we have for you today. And once again, back with us, Audio Surgeon. Hey, everybody. <laughs> cool. Yeah, which um, I, you know, I, and I haven't really talked to you in person since the last time that we had one of these things. So how's it been going? <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, let's see. It was back in, man, when was the last time we did? I forget. It was before the summer, right? Or was it around the summer? It was a while uh, yeah. ago. Yeah, it was, it was around summer. Um, yeah, and... Man, a lot of I was way too busy to be posting anything back then, and so I think everybody kind of just uh, stopped getting notifications from me for uh, for my things <laughs> that I did put out every once in a while. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I got a chance to catch one of your podcasts. Um, oh right, cool. Uh, recently, uh, the actually two of them of the Bob Ross ones because I've been interested always in Bob Ross and he's been. Uh, one of my favorite shows to watch, even though I'm not a painter myself. <laughs> it's one of those things that I could aspire to it, maybe, but hadn't got there. <laughs> but yeah, I've yeah. appreciated him anyway. Yeah, Bob Bob Ross, uh, I, I've actually been a big fan of his for a long time. Uh, I mean, ever since I was young, like, I mean, back, way back, uh, man, I must have been like under 10 or something like that. But I used to watch his show on PBS all the time, and uh, it just it stuck with me for a long time. And then uh, uh, my wife, she actually picked up painting, and I, I showed her Bob Ross, and she started doing these paintings. And so we got really, really interested in, like, just, you know, watching his shows and getting really interested in what he's doing. And uh, they just recently opened up a, uh, like, a, it's kind of like a, a museum if you say i guess uh of like all of his original like things i mean you have like his easel his paintings they actually have a whole museum of all of like his original like uh, private collection paintings and things like that uh they're in muncie indiana so we went there and we uh actually was a part of their opening ceremony that's what it is and so yeah that, that was pretty cool it was very fun muncie indiana of all places yeah that's great yeah yeah it's it's, it's out there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so fitting for Bob Ross, actually. I mean, the only reason I know about that town is because of the Hudsucker Proxy movie by the Coen brothers. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And it's just like the it's the it's the town they chose for that quintessential small town nobody knows about. Muncie, Indiana is where I'm from, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally. Yeah, that's, it, that's great. It's it's an interesting little town. I mean, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of people actually there, but it's it's uh it's yeah it's it's quiet, you know, and not like out of nowhere. I mean, if you go to this place where they actually have it, it's you know you kind of have like the farm life and everything out there, but then there's just like this little area with like these gigantic like mansions. I mean, it's like these serious big houses and stuff. I guess the Ball State family owns them or something, and then they have his original studio there too. So it's it's quite amazing to see all these houses and everything just like in the middle of like nowhere. <laughs> And it's just really neat. In fact, I remember the one thing I noticed 
noticed the most is he, he was always very prominent about like uh, animals and squirrels and things like that. And uh, there are squirrels everywhere. I mean, it is literally like a squirrel sanctuary. I don't know. It just keeps getting stuck in my head. I just keep remembering that. It's too funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I I could really get going with like uh, the Pacific Northwest here is just the trees are great. And I've always thought it was actually pretty easy to draw the, you know, the trees. And but uh, of course, I'm not a painter, but like, to, it seems like the way he does does trees like that. It's like, yeah, it's, man, it, I mean, just, it looks exactly like it does. <laughs> it's like that looks exactly like Mount Rainier. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah, he does I, a lot of uh, mountains and stuff, and I, I swear, like a lot of it had to been like you know, uh, how do you say, inspired by like mountains in like you know Washington, Oregon, uh, well Alaska definitely. I know he talks about Alaska, but yeah, it's very very awesome to be able to do that and to do it as fast as he does. It's actually just I don't know. We, we actually had a chance to do it ourselves. They had a teacher there, and we did our own paintings. And it's like you really appreciate how how hard it really is. You know, I mean, just to do that painting and the style and the technique and everything so yeah i, I really respect it anything creative i guess <laughs> uh-huh. yeah uh, along that note I, I we should probably get to a, what most of our audience probably uh thinks about a lot which would be music production um how, how are things going on on that along those lines creatively like how how what's what's been inspiring you lately where are you what direction are you going uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff within FL Studios lately. Um, I've been, you know, I, I, I actually kind of learned something about myself, I guess, too, that I'm not so much necessarily like a musician in a sense, but I'm more of a composer. So I, I do like laying out music uh, and, and it, like, you know, I guess it makes more sense to me in the sense that I have like my playlist and I have like I build my songs, I add layers to it and everything. Uh, but playing live, like that's a thing that I really I mean, it's it must be great to be able to play a keyboard and know exactly what you're doing and do, being able to do it live in a sense. Uh, that side I need to work on, I guess. But uh, actually composing things and creating ideas within a playlist and you know in that environment, I guess you would call it, is kind of like my uh, my better side, I guess, or my my stronger side, I, you know, in music in general. But yeah. uh, I've been I've been focusing a lot uh, actually for the past like six months, I think, uh, mostly on doing like podcasts. So, uh, I actually got a, a new microphone. Uh, this thing is pretty neat. It's a RE320 microphone. It's, it's like a dy- dynamic, uh, broadcasting microphone. It, and so it sounds really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you like, it. it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun to mess around with these microphones. In fact, even within the DAW, like, uh, it's, it's kind of cool to mess around with the compression and the different VST plugins you can add to it. And you can even add reverbs and things like that. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I can even do it live in this environment too. So like, for instance, if I wanted to like, you know, throw some reverb and stuff on here, it sounds really cool. So, <laughs> but, uh, exactly. to be able to, it's like instant gratification every time I do that. I don't know. It's just too much fun. Yeah, same here. I like that. I love, love to add the reverb to everything. And the RC 505 for that is fun too. It, that's awesome too, man. I mean, to be able to do it in a live environment is also amazing too. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just, uh, for me, I, I, I got to work on that, I think. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. sometimes it, it's hard, right? It is. And that's what that's my constant struggle. And that's the thing that I'm struggling with right now. And I always struggle with gear wise and how to choose gear. But okay, so before I before I, we go on, I should I just 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 shout out everybody who's in the chat right now. We got some people in here. We got John Richardson. We got glory to glory to glory. 
Benjamin Ezo's in here, Inverted Popes, nice to see you. Sorry uh, for the short notice. Uh, I want to get you on here sometime uh, for, for a show as well. And uh, yeah, hey, Cuckoo's here. And got Jelly Duck 100. Uh, nice to see you here always, as always. You're awesome, awesome, man. Hey, how's everybody doing? You're awesome. Okay, yeah. So um, about that. So so there's there's this thing, right? I've always been struggling with sequencers, right? Because uh-huh. like four years ago, when I just got just really an itch to get into all this stuff and research everything. Um, things were starting to change on the market and there were just a few like really good like big form sequencers out there that could sequence every all your parts for you so that when you record something you could just record it all and it doesn't matter you can record a stereo out whatever but see without that you gotta the other side of the coin is either you're doing that or you're mixing um, you're you're mixing tracks afterwards, or you're recording in tracks, or you're multi-tracking. So on the one side, you've got your your mixing, right? Mm-hmm. So so what I've always thought is is like the way you went with the Tascam Model Twenty Four, like that's the way it should have been um, four years ago, or I mean for for more consumer gear. Um, people who didn't want to pay uh, more for for the better digital mixers or whatever uh, you know there wasn't too, there weren't too many options for recording on on a mixer uh, that can be an interface and your DAW controller and everything like that it was just I thought it was really revolutionary but lately um, I'm actually even thinking um, of uh, instead of going with the, the Tascam interface the 16 channel interface that's just the rack mount one and yeah. working in the DAW, and the thing is, I've always really loved this thing, and I yeah. kind of had this epiphany, like, I, I like it as a surface. There's no reason I should have this and still be searching for some other, like, you know, hands-on mixing situation when really um, I don't have a problem with working uh, working in the DAW as long as my, I know my computer's going to work. Yeah, honestly, honestly, just just an uh, what do you call audio interface like those Tascam? They have new. I I think they're new. Uh, they have these uh, interfaces uh, that look actually very very good. So uh, I mean, to be honest, all the mixing abilities on this, which is obviously in like a more live environment, it's not necessary. Because to be honest with you, uh, I really barely ever do anything live on this mixer. I'm usually doing things within my DAW. So I basically really just use this as like an audio interface. To be honest with you, most of the time that is uh-huh um yeah but so so basically like my needs are are really uh, I, I feel like i have more of a need because of the fact that i have these little like little sequencers here and there instead of a big sequencer because with all my sequences in one place i realized or at least something that can program change together for enough tracks like the both circuits together can get me you know could get me two two tracks out of the mono station, um, you know, two cent, two MIDI tracks uh, for other synths out of the um, the circuit, and then have the drums on that and stuff like that. But it's still two devices, and mm-hmm. you know, like, so then what you're still having to do is is multi-track, and so you have to be able to multi-track then. So then if you don't have a one big sequencer, you want to, 
um, to be able to to do that in in the box or something, you know, like the like the twenty four, like be able to record into it like that, but but do it in a way where uh, multi tracking is actually user friendly, you know, where you could punch something in wherever you want and maybe even nudge it and move it around afterwards would be great. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course you can't do that on a traditional mixer, but um, you know. Yeah, it can be difficult with the traditional mixer. Um, but at, like just an interface, uh, what's what, how many inputs are on the, uh, the Tascam interfaces you're talking about? Like an eight and a 16? Uh, 1608, the US, uh, Tascam US 1608 is what it's called. And that's the current one that has actual 16 physical inputs. So you don't have to attach another interface with an ADAT to get 16. That's and cool. that's why I would go with the Tascam. Yeah, yeah. That sounds actually, I've, I've, I saw they were, release, were releasing something like that. I just didn't look into it that deep. But a, as for an interface, that's that's actually pretty decent. And that, I think the, the prices aren't too bad on those either. Yeah. And I wouldn't do it if I looked at a bunch of videos and saw that there were any kind of quality um, limitations that way. But there there doesn't seem to be in people who are trying like all 16 tracks at once. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have a problem doing that uh, in general. So do you need any stereo inputs at all? Or is it all, are they all mono? Um, it's, uh, they're all, they're all stereo except for a couple oh, really? of like oh. I, it's basically synth, 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 you know, uh-huh. with their own onboard effects already through the effects. So they're all pretty much stereo in stereo in stereo in stereo in. Um, so, but yeah, so, and I, I even have a stereo bus mixer for that. That's just stereo, 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 eight channels. Yeah, I guess I guess it really wouldn't matter anyway, because I mean, I guess if you just plug in like a left and a right and just you know pan them one direction, one to the left, one. I mean, you could just do it that way too. That's that's kind yeah. of something you could do even with this mixer. But I actually do have stereo inputs, which are kind of nice. I, I mean, I guess there's really no point, but <laughs> it, it is kind of nice if you have a stereo like a pedal, like a reverb pedal or something like that. Uh, it comes in perfect stereo, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I could totally see that working out really good. And I mean, if you just had sequencers and you just have an interface, that's that's a good way to go, actually. I, that's kind of what I wanted to do at first, something simpler like that. But uh, this mixer, uh, it, it's kind of overkill, to be honest with you. Uh, it does get confusing sometimes. I mean, there's there's some times where I still am learning about it. It's it's pretty amazing uh, that I'm still learning things on it. But the, the, the thing that kind of... Uh, uh, there's like one little issue with it, though. Uh, if you're recording something directly onto the mixer, uh, it disables the USB ability to send audio back out from your computer to the mixer. So I noticed that it has like this error and then it freezes and then you have to like exit the song that you're trying to record. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um I don't know if that's just a software issue or if they just made it that way. Cause they said that you can't do a combination of the two, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it takes some, uh, some, too much power or something. It, it might. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. But yeah, yeah. Interface, uh, task game interface. That's, that's a nice way to go though. Yeah. Okay. So the 1010 music blue box just came out. Or is going to come out. I mean, it, it just it was announced and everything. It's not really available to everyone yet, I don't think. Or maybe just all the orders have been ordered for now. But uh, that does 12. It's this tiny little thing mm-hmm. that does the 12 uh, mono ins or six stereo ins. And then it's got six outs or three stereo outs. 
and including the headphone. Um, and that records. It's basically the ta- what you've got there, the task mm-hmm. cam, um, but in a, a small form factor, and it doesn't have the high Zs and the preamps because they're they're figuring you're coming from modular and synths that don't need it, and that's for those people, right? And it's got an SD mm-hmm. card and isn't necessarily an audio interface and isn't necessarily going to be made into one, mm-hmm. right? So it's just recording. And not only that, uh, I mean, if you're just using a DAW, you know, whether it's Ableton or FL Studios or whatnot, uh, all the great plugins that you have within it, like in FL Studios, they have a lot of different preamps and you can boost them, you can gain them in there too. So you have that ability as well, which works just as good, to be honest with you. And a lot of cool different effects and things like that. I actually noticed that when I use uh, VST, there's one, uh, it's called ROM. Native Instruments released it. And I guess it uh, it was like a freebie for people that own, I think, the machine or the complete control. I'm, I forget. But uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's honestly, if not as good or maybe equal to the Big Sky, and it's fantastic. I, I use it for all my songs. To be honest with you, the, it's called ROM. It's fantastic. But that's also a great way you can you can add different effects and things like that on different channels and whatnot, just with an you know interface. And that's that's basically what I do with my mixer. You know, when I'm just working in a DAW. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've been looking at a lot of DAWs uh, again recently. Um, I've always used Harrison Mixbus for recording in, too. Um, and I, I use Studio One up until the point where they just turned to subscription. Ooh, so yeah. now I don't use them anymore. They don't have a free Prime version anymore. And that's and I haven't signed on to Roland Cloud either, even though I've got Roland stuff. I don't really... I've never liked that whole world and that's why i like hardware is one of those things it's like you know that 10 years from now you won't have to do anything until then as long as you keep it nice you're always going to have it it's always going to do what it does true true uh, have you ever heard of cakewalk band it's by band lab or something yeah i did download that yeah uh, uh yeah it was a little strange to get into but yeah it's it's uh i didn't didn't use it too much do you like the you like cakewalk i I have yet to try it. Um, I have heard that it's free, I guess, in some way. Um, yeah. But, but I haven't used it. It was. It, it looks a little roundabout to install it. <laughs> what's that? It's a little bit better roundabout thing to install it. And then they, they tell you uh, all this stuff about how um, it's all about you uploading things to our community. Uh, oh. We all upload to this community. And then we all have music to listen to there at band lab too you know oh really and, okay um which is all optional of course but you know it's kind of interesting that's their their unique thing um yeah, little twist <laughs> yeah um I, so i've always liked the idea of reason and so i looked back into reason 11 and how it works it works as a vsd and in, in any other DAW or or by itself and that's always been kind of nice the idea has been nice to me. So I figure if I'm going to get an interface that doesn't have any controls on it, what really matters to me is just mixing um, and hopefully not having to, to go and find plugins or use plugins too much. So something that has good stock or something right on the mixer. So I, what I was looking for is an in, in a DAW is a, is a mixer interface that has, say, trim, compressor, you know, mm-hmm. EQ, parametric eq if you want it's Mm -hmm. there you don't have to go get something else or go click over here and open another window or something like that 
that's why I like Harrison Mix best, but it's a little bit glitchy and I've been looking for maybe I'll be looking for something else probably to do most of my recording. Re- Reason's not too bad. I, I, I used it a few times. This must have been like back in like 05 or 06, I think. Um, th- I'm sure it's been way more enhanced since then, but uh, they have a lot of really interesting libraries in it, like a lot of realistic sounding kind of like instruments that they have in there. Uh, for the money, I- I'm not sure what it costs right now. Uh, it's it's a pretty decent DAW. Um, yeah, I, know I think that- it's like $99 and then $400. Uh, oh, but- okay. I think I would be cool with the 99 because I think it's what six, I think it's 16 tracks max maybe. Okay. Yeah. I could be be wrong. I know Ableton, if you have like their basic edition, they limit you on tracks. Is that true? I, I, I yeah, Uh, it was Ableton light was eight tracks. I, I always did light for, for forever and never, um, I never upgraded that when I was using Ableton um, because I didn't have more than more than that many tracks to go into it. And if I added on, I had the V collection, Arturia Analog Lab and V collection. And um, if I added even like three of those instruments on tracks, like my computer couldn't handle it anyway. So. Oh, really? Have you tried uh, Cubase? Cubase. Yeah. Um, so Cubase, I've really looked into because, okay, so I just got, I just got the MC-101, and you can go USB out the four tracks, multi-track, right? So that would be a way Uh for me to multi-track into a DAW, right, without even having another interface. Of course, four tracks at a time, but... um, Because I I might actually have another... I I know I got a key a long time ago for Cubase. I might have one somewhere. I did get... I'm wondering what product I had that came with it, but I might have, uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, if you're interested in Cubase, I might have an extra copy of that if you want to try it out. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they do the key thing. With the... Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I what I bought, though, that came with it. I think I do, though. Just give me, I'll, I'll get back with well, you on that you've already done enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I need to, I need to get, get you something uh, because, yeah, yeah. Um, with the graphics card, that's that was way too much. I just got. A <laughs> I haven't installed it yet, everybody. But but Audio Surgeon just was kind enough to send me a graphics card that he didn't uh, need anymore, and um, and it looks wonderful. And I, I wanted to try it out, uh, try to install it after this show, so that if I mess things up, that <laughs> I still have a working computer for the show. But yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to use that for Minecraft. Uh, and it might help with VCV rack, uh, yeah, mod- it, software modular that has not, issues. Not to mention, it's uh, it also will help if you do video editing. Oh man, if you don't have a video card, video editing it, it'll help a lot. I don't like to know, but yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> people probably know. I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah, like that's you, edited because I don't edit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Live is always the best way to go, to be honest, <laughs> because editing, I mean, there are some things I've done with editing that it's like now if you want to do 4K editing, oh my God, to like export a 4K video, it takes like three or four hours, maybe even longer. I don't know. I mean, it is intense on the card though, but some computers won't even allow you to do 4K editing depending on what kind of processor you have, I guess. Like my AMD processor for some reason is not 4K compatible for a video. I don't know why that's the case because you can watch 4K videos. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, no, I tried to way back in the day. I tried to to edit 4K because I got this cool Chinese um, Yi 4K plus uh, action camera, mm-hmm. and it's a great camera, um, and I still use it. But um, I I stopped trying to use it in 4K because the file size is so huge for one and two. Mm-hmm. When I tried to edit it, the editing program couldn't give me a preview. It would just be it couldn't it wasn't powerful enough. <laughs> yeah, the file sizes are like enormous, and I I don't know I'm not sure how streaming works or how like the actual file format works in general. But like I guess it has to like process that, and it just it's a headache I guess for your for your processor and video card that so i mean i I had like a what do you call gopro and i i just do 2k or less because it's just a hassle (laughs) yeah unedited live yeah along those lines just see that's the thing is i am kind of like i'm not good at live uh anything i would say but i'm just but i'm trying to get to to a point where if I come out with a song, I could like play that live for somebody, right? And so th- that's what I've been trying to to figure out in terms of like, okay, well, on this either sequencer versus mixing side or interface side, what's my priority gonna have to be? And what I realized is, if you want to play one of these songs again yourself you have mm-hmm. to have all the sequences together you can't have multi-tracked it That's and true. then play it the same way again or i mean you can but i mean it's complicated so it's like all right well i gotta get all my sequences together in one way for for my songs so, and then organize that in some way first then i'll worry about whether i can multi-track or not because if i can get all my sequences together have a stereo out that means i can also perform my songs live potentially yeah yeah if you're just doing it through like just a sequencer and i mean some of them actually save i guess your sequences and whatnot like i believe there's like oh, man what is it the key lab or something like that you can save them uh but uh yeah if you don't have one that's it's just maybe just a sequencer without any of that kind of stuff that'd be a headache because then you'd have to like redo it every time or something well I, i've been i've been bouncing sequences over from sequencer to sequencer like like my like for these last couple of these albums that I'm working on right now, currently, mm-hmm. I've got my circuit, um, uh, I've got my circuit doing other parts besides circuit sounds, and then my mono station doing other parts besides mono station sounds, and then like my circuit actually doing doing the sequencing for the mono station, and my mono station doing the sequencing for some something else for the system one. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of complicated and I sh- probably should get that going some other way. <laughs> so yeah. I want to streamline that a little bit more. And so I'm looking at the new Korg SQ64, which is a good contender to the Keystep Pro mm-hmm. without a keyboard, um, I would say. So um, that's hot. That's hot right now. But okay, what really set set me on fire that now that I've like, oh yeah, Korg SQ64, after all these years, finally, all right, I got what what we need here, just straightforward, not flashy or anything. You got three melodic tracks that are polyphonic and one drum track. You send them out to everything, modular or MIDI, it doesn't matter. It can all be modular, all of it. You know, it's got that many outs. And and so it's kind of like the BeatStep Pro that way, kind of like the Keystep key Pro. Okay, so, but then this 
Novation leak happens just now. And so mm -hmm. the store accidentally leaked the new circuits, the Novation circuits that are coming out. Okay. And they retracted it. But it's on the internet now, obviously. And so, I, you know, I could show the pictures, but I'd rather not just show the pictures. <laughs> I can just, just mention it yeah. and not be part of the, the leak uh, <laughs> in any way. But, I mean, it's public now. But, like, so there's the circuit rhythm and the circuit tracks. I don't know if you've heard about them or not. Circuit? No. I mean, I, I've been kind of out of the loop a little bit for... I don't know, these past few months. I've been trying not to look at too much gear. This was like two days ago or yesterday. It really? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, so I'm like on uh, on my head. I'm upside down right now like because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm being sensible. I don't have gas. I'm just getting the, the SQ64 as my next thing because it's the practical thing for me to have my sequences, you know, modular sequences in one place and not just throw things together composition-wise composition anymore. And mm -hmm. really organize my songs at, in songs in the same place. And anyway, but now, so Circuit is is putting out instead of these being ambiguous knobs, they're actually the synth parameters that they are with labels, and it's oscillators and then oscillator mods. So it's okay. kind of like wavetable, maybe probably. Um, and so that's the circuit tracks, but it's got the MIDI channels separate. So mm -hmm. the question would be, does it have ec two extra MIDI channels? Does it have four MIDI channels out plus the drum channel? Um, or is it two, still two channels out? Other question, okay, so then there's another unit called the circuit rhythm, and that's the drum machine. Like, I just put out a video two months ago or so Mm -hmm. um, saying, hey, Novation, and I, 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 I got this uh, here. What's in here? <laughs> I got this idea, like, like, why doesn't Novation have a drum machine, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I, draw, I drew this out. And so um, aside from the sliders, there's no actual faders, but otherwise it's exactly the same thing. Um, nice. Almost not really. But I was, <laughs> I was pretty on. Two months later, I'm like, boom. I'm like, yes. So I, the last two days, I've been just like, yep, yep. I was right. I was right. <laughs> nice. But yeah. That throws me in the loop. So it's like I was, I was basically ready to call my circuits like, oh, well, this is the call my circuit. You know, this just like this is my way forward. I'm going to bequeath it to my daughter now and be sequencing on something else because I never could deal with the ambiguousness of the sounds on board anyway, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is not a real full drum machine. So it's like, it's not a toy, but it's great. But I was ready to move on. But now sure. I've just released these. So it's like, so that's big news. Anybody who doesn't know, I, I think everybody kind of knows, probably in the chat, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you're, you're kind of crossed between those two right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there, is there any gear that you're that you're into right now. Or are you just kind of like happy uh, with what, <laughs> what you're going with? That's the weird thing. Like I, I'm kind of like uh, I don't know if I have any more room to be honest with you. <laughs> These two <laughs> tables are completely packed full of stuff. Uh, I mean, I got my sub thirty seven, my mother thirty twos, uh, complete control keyboard, machine MK. Was it three or something? I don't know anymore. Um, let me see. A Korg monologue. I mean, I kind of just mostly use those right now um 
If not, sometimes I, I actually been kind of experimenting with uh, VST plugins lately since I got back in FL Studios. So I've been messing around with like some, you know, synthesizers built in FL Studios. I've been actually composing some stuff with like some classical instruments. I guess they're like sample based or whatever. And so I'm kind of trying to blend the two, you know, like classical music and synthesizers and making like this kind of like, I guess maybe theatrical kind of stuff. I made this song. It's like, it's, it's the, it's the silliest song to be honest. It's called two spacesuits. And it's basically this Christmas tree we had put up, which everything is down now. We took all of our decorations down. Actually, we did that today and yesterday. So, but, uh, <laughs> I had these two ornaments and they, they were just these two spacesuits, got these guys in spacesuits. And so I decided I'm going to make a song. I don't know why just about two spacesuits. And I put some like classical instruments in there and like a little bit of synthesizer in there. And so it's a weird combination but I, I don't know maybe it'll all go somewhere i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, people will be um they'll they'll be kind of imagining among us while while listening to it but yeah oh and microphones too <laughs> I, i've been i don't know lately i've been really obsessing about microphones lately and so i want to try to maybe like add some sort of vocal maybe point to my music in some yeah. way maybe next year i mean actually it is 2021 what, what am i talking about happy new year by the way I don't... <laughs> yeah happy new year everybody yeah, <laughs> that's people have been saying saying happy new year. That's, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I f- I forgot already. It's only been two days. <laughs> yeah, so January is is uh is going strong, and I haven't done my jam for today yet. I'll be doing that after we get done here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll be uploading it actually. Yeah, I I made I made it earlier early this morning. I made a um an hour long Minecraft background music. Nice. Uh, and I'll post it up on YouTube. Um, but it's really just for for me playing in the background of my Minecraft videos on my Minecraft channel. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, you were playing some music in, like when you were playing Minecraft. And I was like, man, that sounds like it's Minecraft. I, I thought for a minute it was, but it, they're really awesome. Some cool yeah, most of the patches I've done so, mar- so far have been from VCV Rack uh, and the modular, uh, soft modular and using Turing machines which is mm-hmm. just random. It's like they're slightly random, but they're slightly looping. You know, they're looping, but they'll change a little bit as they go the whole time. So it's like, I don't even do any, you know, there's no playing or anything involved. So you can just leave it, let it go for three hours. And that's what the point is. It's like, you do that, then you don't get any copyright strikes. Yeah. Instant yeah. background music. That's what synthesizers are good for, for patches and stuff. So, People actually getting copyrighted for Minecraft if they have the music playing in the background? Wow. Oh, nah. I mean, on t- platforms are different for copyright stuff. But YouTube, anytime you have copyrighted music, it'll be bad. So, like, I couldn't oh. have I, – I wouldn't want to have somebody else's music. Oh, and the regular Minecraft music, I just can't stand it anymore even though it's great. Because it's, yeah. it's been too much of it for too long. I've, I've listened to it already. I want to listen to something else. There is something about that music. You know, there's a few tracks that are just really chill, but then there's some that are kind of like weird. <laughs> yeah, and some of them that just kind of stop in the middle. It's like, okay. That's true. Yeah, sometimes it just kind of stops. Like if you're doing something and something <laughs> weird happens and music just kind of cuts out or whatever. I don't know. It's really strange. They've been working on that, I think, in updates. But yeah. Um. <laughs> really? Okay. You, you know what else I've been into, though, lately? Uh, flutes. Uh-huh wooden flute it's a native american flute and this thing is actually pretty cool i mean to be honest with you if if you throw some reverb on a microphone you can get some really chill like vibes and stuff i I could show you real quick yeah 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 
let me see. I'll mute this one so you don't get any extra feedback. Let's see. Here. Beautiful looking too. Did you hear that? Ah, uh, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it's pretty chill, man. Isn't that chill? Holy cow, yeah. No, that's a nice that's a nice re- clean reverb, too. Yeah, that's actually the Big Sky, by the way. Uh, that is one of the reasons why I do like the Big Sky. Uh-huh. The reverb on that thing is huge, man. I mean, if you're into, like, anything synth or, like, instrumental, you know, for, for, for instance, this in a microphone or something, it's just, wow, you know? I mean, that's what... Yeah, I was thinking, I really enjoy your your intro the, to Life in Space intros the, to your podcast. I was like, yeah, I, I can do an intro like that. It's kind of nice. It's yeah, cool. I actually uh, I, I've been trying to use like all the songs I have and just like uh, every one is supposed to be a little different. So I, I try a different track on this one or this one. I mean, most of the music that I made, I just put them on my intros, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun to do that though. Oh man, that flute! See that flute? It really slows you down and i especially love yeah i love flutes i especially love low flutes um, oh yeah yeah like 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 the bass ones like the uh-huh. really low tones yeah, yeah those are cool i learned the tin whistle a little bit i learned some jigs and reels uh <laughs> back in the day a little bit uh, yeah but but yeah i always thought that that was nice you know i'm i'm kind of obsessed with wood my main instrument has has been the marimba um that is awesome those are cool. Yeah, and I always thought, well, if I ideal when I was, I guess, in high school or, or earlier in life, I and thinking of my ideal band that I would put together, um, it would be with like mallet percussion instruments and flutes, like, and that's that's, cool. that's it, or maybe bongos and stuff like that too. But sure, sure. I've always been, I always, always a really just completely acoustic. I was like, the ideal is completely acoustic music and doing electronic music remixes with acoustic instruments, like electronic music with acoustic instruments. Sounds yeah. Good. Like a mixture of the two. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like something like, even this is chill too. I mean, this little, like <laughs> just, just listening to that, you know, it's so crazy. Like, I mean, I, this one doesn't go as long, but. You can even hear kind of a difference in pitch in the when it curves down the. the That's true. The yeah. Kind of, it's cool. It's like, kind whoa. Yeah, that's what I live for. So yeah, you know, I can just I, I that's I've decided to do with my life for the rest of the year. Uh, um, but you know, on top of it, before everything else, I'm gonna just make hours worth of Minecraft, um, just reverb uh, laden patches uh, like that of just you know stuff like that, physical modeling, like real, uh, you know, and. Thanks for are the they, idea. I'll definitely do some more of that too. <laughs> so, so are are they like gener like a, what do they call that word a generative or did they did they morph? And, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That's easier because then you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you can just sit back and let it go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's and, cool. but but then but so what? How you do that then is with sample and hold uh, with LFOs, 
and um, and then LFOs into quantizers is like the classic way to do that into pin oh, quantizers. They just well, it's not just I, I forget when they actually did it, but they did release an update for the uh, Mother Thirty Twos, and now there's like random sequences built into the actual like plate. What was it called? The sequencer itself. It doesn't actually have to be patched, but you can hit like Shift and something else, and now it does like random stuff. Or now it, it'll go back and forth, and I thought that was a kind of a cool update that they had. Yeah. So, I think that makes all the difference in composing. It just like ah, uh, it just really frees you up. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, uh, true. Because depending on what you're doing. Because one of my favorite things, actually, like on any kind of synthesizer, is like the. Jeez, uh, what's the word for it? It's the. I forget the word for it, but you played like three or four different keys and it'll just start like you know oh arpeggiator mm-hmm. like an arpeggiator that that's like the my favorite thing on any synth is that that's where i can actually get ideas and things like that so i'll hold down a few keys or something like that and it'll just like go you know i can build things just by listening to some sort of pattern or something but i can then change them up and just do all that stuff instantly you know and the the great thing is that Sub 37 has an awesome sequencer on there too that you can use or even the Complete Control has one that's built into like a machine or something like that which is really it's awesome too but but yeah I, I really like messing with those a lot those things are great for ideas and just trying to get your inspiration up uh huh what's funny is like it might be like shameful thing to confess this but the thing is about the circuit and something like this and the mono station, the same thing, especially with the sample flip, it makes it even cooler sounding without you having to do much of any thinking or composing. But uh-huh. like you just if you let it go because it quantizes to rhythm and just because of that, it, you just go like this a bunch. And when it plays back, it's like and then and then you mess with a few of the just, you know, expression aspects of it. And you've got this the coolest thing ever and random random, you know and so basic sequencers and you feeling loose can do it too (laughs) true true i totally get what you're saying man that's awesome especially with the i mean i guess i do that sometimes on the machine sometimes i'll just randomly do stuff and it's got like this repeat pattern or something there's an arp repeat or something and you can kind of do that you just hold down the keys and it's just randomly and you just go with it and it makes a cool cool sequence or something Uh or just something completely different that you never did before (laughs) yeah so like the keystep pro and things like that that they're they're on board nowadays with putting probability in sequencers, not just electron devices, but everybody else is kind of in, getting into that too. And so, and the, the Korg SQ64 um, sequencer has the random button on it, so it just random randomize. Yeah, nice. The Mono Station has calls it mutate. You mutate, mutate the sequence, and it takes all the notes that are actually there uh-huh. and, and switches them around, not adding other notes, but just switches around the ones that are there. Sure, sure. I think the monologue does something like that too. If you if you have like this little option turned on, if you have a sequence already input in there, you can just you can mutate it like you're talking about. That's kind of fun to mess around with too. And then a lot of times just by accident you come up with something really, really awesome, you know? It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm get I'm getting a lot more serious about music, even though it, it probably hasn't seemed like that in the last year on YouTube. But it's I've just kind of been doing a lot more uh, behind the scenes uh, sort of thing, and not really not worried about like putting everything on video <laughs> like I have been. 
Yeah, sometimes that can actually be a little much, you know. Like I, I try to put stuff in different places like soundcloud i'll put some of my music there and people can get it for free if they want or like i mean i kind of did the whole itunes thing and the spotify thing but that doesn't really i mean, I haven't really seen any results from it but but uh sometimes the videos i don't have any ideas really for them so i'll do these cool visualizations or something like that those will go up on youtube but they really don't i mean it doesn't attract too many views or anything like that but but yeah i i, I totally get what you're saying like sometimes it can be a much to just focus on videos sometimes just doing like audio stuff is kind of cool which like this podcast stuff i've been doing it's kind of nice just to sit and talk and not have to think you know about oh well how's the camera positioned or what am i going to do how am i going to entertain people or something like that Uh it's kind of hard to always think like that but uh it's it's really cool though just focusing on just like a music or focusing on a thought or something like that yeah uh, so i always get kicked in the pants around jan january because of january uh you know i did that just a few couple years ago and for the first time and and i i saved a bunch of people's pages and i'm like hmm well i know these people and it's like and i think that i can kind of get on board with with doing a little bit more of that having more of these shows and the fact that i always like see all these cool people in in uh, venues like January and like the Golden Shrimp Guild uh, people and other people like that on Twitch. And I know a lot of people who, who, uh, who have, who are really into, into music production and sense and stuff and could have a lot of, a lot of good conversations too. Sure. Sure. Uh, have you seen anything where people are actually jamming online? That That's kind of interesting. Like online people just like, I'll play this instrument while you play that instrument or something. <laughs> well, the actually the guy that introduced me to StreamYard this way that I'm uh streaming now to have two people like this. Um I will create E Y E will create is all one word. Um he uh was all into using StreamYard in particular because mm-hmm. of this apparent zero latency to actually play music with people on this venue particularly so Mm. like um it's an idea and like we we were we were uh, saying about the settings before we started um i don't know if anyone uh can has has any problem hearing us when we're both talking at the same time we haven't done much of that yet but uh, it doesn't (laughs) seem to be an issue so much anymore it has been in the past of like a little bit of an echo uh but I think it wouldn't be bad to to play music on on this. And there's a lot of other venues now too that uh, yeah that but, talk about zero latency. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that if 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 the audio cuts in and out or something like that. But latency, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we're talking right here, and like, I don't know, I seems like once I'm talking, you're talking, it's like perfectly smooth. I don't see any yeah. any latency really. Uh, just in the video, when people get the video, it's like a few seconds delayed, but it's, yeah, you're right though. I was noticing that the latency is like hardly nothing. And I've watched his videos with guests that he's had, uh, since, uh, and he's, they've had no problem that way. And, and has showed off all these other situations where it's just like, they just sit there on their own, not, you know, not broadcasting to other people, but, you know, on two, two sides of the world jamming together. And yeah, there's... There's just a lot of, I think there's, I think there's quite a few platforms that do that now. I think that's really good. 
I've heard of a couple, but I, I just can't come to like it's it's there. I just don't remember the name. I think one was like jacked in or something like that. I don't know, something strange. But there was one that was uh, somebody was talking about. It. I think this guy Home Studio Simplified was talking about it. He was doing something where uh, he needed to do some like collaboration stuff, and you can actually join a room and then like I'm not sure if it's actually particularly linked into your DAW or not. I don't remember, but something about like being able to do it without the latency. And that was the main issue. And that this thing kind of is almost to the point where people can do it. They can literally have like a singer on one end, somebody playing, you know, the bass on this one and then playing the lead on that one. And then, wow, you know, everything being recorded all at once or something. But yeah. Yeah. There was one that was like band something band hang band. I don't know. Uh, but that was perf- specifically for musicians to do that. Um, I talked to my brother who is a, uh, a band director and choir director and all that stuff. Uh, and he, um, and he's dealing with being a teacher and, and doing all of that stuff over like teaching music over streaming right now. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about, um, about stuff like that. And he, he mentioned a couple, uh, things that I don't remember now. I'm sorry, everybody, but, (laughs) but that are more like, uh, people adding on their parts. Um, you know, they're just, it's just for, for back and forth for recording your, your music parts, but then, but then for possibly adding parts together or for, for my brother, the music director to, to add their parts together afterwards and stuff like that. And, but then for everybody to also have access to it network wise uh, cool. while, while it's happening. I told him about endless, but that's kind of like, that's a le- that'll be a less, you know, school oriented sort of since anybody can add anything you know, sort of thing, but it, it could oh, work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not endless. it's an iPad app, that sort of thing. But I think it's on other platforms now too. I'm pretty sure like that's going to be the next thing everybody's going to compete with. You know, I mean, you had like what Skype and then zoom came out and everybody started doing zoom. And then, so, you know, you're going to have all these companies probably like trying to get the best technology or something or get the best fitting, you know, servers that maybe handle all that or, you know, internet connection. I know that, uh, I don't know, I guess 5G is coming or something like that. So maybe the internet's going to be super fast and we're just not going to have any more latency at all. Even with the phones, like I have 4G on my phone right now and the thing is like really quick. I mean, if you have good signal, like you can download like a gig in no time. It's pretty crazy what they can do now, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what companies come out with the best product, I guess, and if they're going to be free or if you have to have a subscription. The only thing I don't like though is when they you know the subscription based stuff. I mean, it's got to be good, man, for me to want to subscribe to it, especially like a DAW. Like I think, uh, geez, what is it? Um, Pro Tools or something like that is expensive, man, and it's like a yearly membership or something like that or a monthly membership. So yeah, that's kind of tough for me to want to you know, buy-in monthly or whatever the case is. Yeah. The greatest thing for me to to see on the screen there for, for a DAW is, is, uh, free updates for life. Um, what is the FL studio as I was seeing that? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, whew. Sigh of relief right there. I actually have something that'll work because I bought it once, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people nowadays are not, necessarily going to expect that in software because they're like well it should change and get better as it goes well uh, maybe but maybe it should be something i don't know depending on what it does yeah. uh, if it's something that is a daw for me i i just want i want 
I want recording to, ability, right? Just just straight up recording I want ability. Depression. I want I want but uh but yeah, but I do want reverb and uh-huh. stuff. And I guess the more that the more you produce I, I just I got in the game just just recently, you know, but the more you produce, you're gonna wanna go like, Oh well I've had enough of this reverb. And so I get that. Uh well it's it sounds not, like it sounds like FL Studio would probably be a good choice. I mean, it depends. Um, I know that they had some sales and stuff, but uh, it can get expensive if you go higher. But I think they had the all plugins version, which is like the thousand dollar version for like I think two ninety nine. I think I'm not sure, but that was I, I had an upgrade ability to do that. I think I only paid like a hundred bucks to upgrade to the uh, all plugins version, and so far that thing. I mean, it has like everything you need. I mean, everything that's straight up from compression to limiting to uh, reverb, uh, delay, uh, I mean, and more. I mean, there's so many things in there. It's ridiculous how much stuff comes in it. So it is nice and that it is also free lifetime updates. I actually found out about that after I bought it. So it was actually kind of cool. It's like, hey, bonus, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's it's working out good for me. I like that program. And the great thing about it, I mean, it depends on how powerful your computer is, though. Uh, the MIDI capabilities is, is really, really good too. So if you're looking for a sequencer, FL studios kind of does most of my sequencing. I mean, if I'm writing something with my MIDI keyboard into the uh, piano list or piano roll or whatever you call it, like that's kind of in, you know, intuitive or whatever the, the word might be for it. But, uh, yeah, and it can just lay down all my tracks and MIDI. And then when I'm ready, I can then record them into the playlist and everything. Cause if you just export it, it's not going to have any sound or anything. So you have to record it into the DAW, but they also have some pretty amazing, uh, plugins for recording. They have the Edison, I guess it's like their specific recording device that's built into it. And you can literally record on tracks or you can have it actually be recording while you're just doing things in the studio. So uh, at first I was kind of confused whether it might be good for podcasting. And then I found out that it's actually fantastic for it. It has like all these different ways of doing it. So I can literally be building a song while I'm talking about it while recording it or just lay down the recordings in the track. I don't know if it makes any sense, but uh, it's, it's very, you know, innovative, I guess I could say. That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they just give you a lot of opportunity to mix and match a lot of different ways of doing things. So I do I do like that. That's always really nice. Uh huh. Yeah. You just don't ever think of how complicated things can get until you start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, things like, yeah, like I can like, of course, I can have reverb on my voice like this. But then since it's my audio interface. Can I have reverb? Can I use this for reverb and not have it on everything? No, it's on everything, no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, everybody's setup is a little bit quirky. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that reverb, man, I, I really dig that reverb. <laughs> but I think it's okay to love your quirks. Um, yeah, but, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely not not uh, I'm I'm square on not needing to consider myself a dollars person or make sure I'm only being dollars because of not not putting my computer in the situation of being music related. I, I'm 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 comfortable with having my computer as a part of that, especially in the day and age that we live now, where I realize that. I was going to say that earlier of like I, when I brought up the, the MC101 the USB is just that um Cubit, Cubasis I was thinking of would would be um maybe it is for Android and so maybe I could uh record 
portable while I'm out and about. And that's oh, what yeah. that's really about. You know, that's cool. That's what it's about is for being out and about. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna like play a big concert, I'm thinking, or like just have your, have all your stuff with you. Why not have a, have your computer with, have a laptop with you. That's Ooh. true too. Uh, or, or, or a you- tablet. I did get this little cool thing. This is just a little like pocket recorder and I can actually, it's a um, Zoom H1N. Can you see that? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, okay, right there. This thing actually surprisingly is is really great for just going out and just talking into it. And maybe I, I did a couple of podcasts just in the backyard, you know, and just talking about just my thoughts or whatever. Or if I'm thinking of like a specific topic, I can just go into it and be like, hey, you know, uh, yeah, this is kind of neat too. You have to have a windscreen though, man. <laughs> I figured that out right away. This thing does not like wind, so uh, it picks everything up. It does, it, it, and if the limiter is not on, that thing will just distort like crazy. But this thing, this thing's fantastic. I recorded some stuff with that Bob Ross thing with this, so it's maybe not the best quality, but it comes in decent. It's a stereo too. It's weird, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, just little fun things like that. Are, they're always fun. Um, zoom Zoom stuff can be great that way. It seems like it's always it's it's all great except for the one that I got, which is the Zoom Q8, and that was a that was a disaster. And Q8 is that like a handheld one? Um, it's the camcorder. Um, Ooh, okay. it's this, yeah, it's like that. Um, and it's, uh, and it's got XLRs into it, which was the cool thing about it. It's got XLR, uh, um, the TRS combo jacks to go in. So it's like, Oh, for audio people and for people who make videos and who want good audio. Right. Uh-huh. Well, it's not, it, it, it's, it's a particularly bad video. Um, like not, it's just not up to par quality video. Uh, compared to like something like this webcam and and on top of that um, I found that even this last time I I can't see if I go anywhere above two and a half in volume on the on the inputs yeah it's just noise Mm. no matter what no matter what I'm it's it's going into it so it's like no it doesn't even have any uh it's not (laughs) yeah that's not what you thought (laughs) <laughs> so that's a that's just a point for I think everybody knows that though about that product and it's not around any, or it's not discontinued now circulating much anymore but yeah. you, you win some I, you lose some I've seen a lot of people using that H six I think it's called mm-hmm. it's like a six input one I know yeah. people have been using that that sounds pretty good sounds decent I, I mean I've seen some videos with it but man that's overkill though for you know I mean but it's cool I mean in a way you can have like a whole portable res, you know studio in some way if you're going yeah, out it's and stuff. either overkill or it's the other way around it's like yeah, yeah squish <laughs> and I think they just released like another one it's like got eight inputs it think it looks like a spider dude yeah. That's that was the one I was thinking of. It's like yeah. it looked like an alien. Somebody had it over their head, and it was just like, like <laughs> with the cable, <laughs> like it tried it tried to lay uh, lay eggs in my throat or something like that. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, I I noticed though you have now a uh, Minecraft YouTube channel. Yes, which is really uh, cool under the name Mellow Llama, and I'll get all the. Uh, uh, things and I don't I don't have anything in the description um, for for YouTube or anything, but I'll get your information in and also me- mention my since we mentioned it uh, my oh. my Minecraft channel. Mm-hmm. Although it's not really a it's not really going to be related to it'll be it'll have a different audience than than people mm-hmm. from from around here. But yeah, see the the thing about it is is I'm definitely 
to skirt the copy any kind of copyright issues, I'm going to have all my own generative uh, patches going, modular patches going behind that. And that, that just keeps me in the studio, too, at the same yeah. time. That's awesome, dude. I mean, seriously. I mean, how many people actually go out of the way to make their own Minecraft like video with their own music? That's well, really cool. I, I I guess I have to say uh, that I was in, particularly inspired by Mr. Drone Hands, is what he's called uh, on Twitch. Drone Hands. I don't. I think it's one word, or maybe it's two words. But anyway, he um, he has a little uh, Maneki Neko uh, cat uh, thing as a as a logo but anyway um he does a lot of just it, you can see his desktop with all his pedals and and sequencers and synths and stuff and and modular and all that and then just shows a top down of his table and plays music a lot or he's in the box showing you know his native native instruments uh sounds running through vcb rack modular um and stuff like that. And he's making music all the time that he releases. But the other thing is I caught him playing Minecraft on uh-huh. Twitch one night and he's got all his, his own ambient, beautiful ambient music in the background. And I'm just like, all right, well, I just started playing Minecraft. Like this is, that's a cool, cool way to be on Twitch. If I'm going to be playing Minecraft for hours and hours, that's what I'm going to start doing now is uh, I haven't yet. This will be the first thing that i'm gonna end up posting on the mellow llama twitch channel but but i'll uh <laughs> but nice. i'll, I'll nice. be i'll be doing let's plays and having having a, some nice nice ambient stuff in the background going on that way cool man if i ever catch him man i'll watch him that's that's really cool you know i was watching a couple of those videos on youtube and they're so chill man and not only that you actually teach me some things about minecraft i didn't know i didn't know you can actually go underneath the water and get like this uh this seaweed or kelp or something and then you can actually make food out of it. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Well, I'm always I'm all about like making up a making a bunch of limitations for myself based on this idea of being a peaceful uh peaceful character in the world, you know, who doesn't do all these sorts of things that in the game might help you. And then so I, you know, find a, finding a lot of create other creative ways to get along and and do things in the world and and create a cool story with your character, you know. Awesome. I, I just uh, I don't know. Some people play it like a game, and I just—I've always just played the creative as sort of an arch- architectural sort of thing, and never played the game. But uh, now that I play the game, I think it's like, yeah, you can make the game into creative mode, yeah, into, into just a creative game, and like almost that you know, while you're living in a world where things could maybe get at you or something, and so you have to do something about that too, and that and that's kind of cool too. And I I was always against playing the game of Minecraft, and I always thought, well, I'll use it as a creative 3D graph paper, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm into it uh, more, and I I think I could really get together with a lot of people since it's like the most popular game like ever and has been for forever. Yeah, it's it's getting there. I mean, it's been so many like updates and different things. This this year they had like a big conference or something. They were talking about it. It was like, wow, they're going to do a lot of cool stuff with it. And I know some sense people who play too. You know, yeah. Magpie plays. Uh, it's like back then I did I I wasn't playing. I was like, oh, really? Are you going to you going to start playing Minecraft? Man, all right. Bye-bye. But no, that wasn't the case. But <laughs> And so that's the question with me. Am I just going to start stop making music and stuff because I'm into Minecraft? Well, I, I think they actually just put up a new server to the uh, Magpie Pirates 
just did a new server for Minecraft. So uh, the old one is down, I believe, and so there's a new one up. And if you ever go into their Discord, you could get you have to be whitelisted or something like that, like to get your name on it, so that way you can join the server. But I haven't checked it out yet. I just tried installing the new Minecraft, so eventually I might check it out. But uh, yeah, there's like a whole community on there. It's crazy. Like, well, I'm shy. I haven't played with people yet, but mm. maybe. <laughs> it's maybe it, it can be kind of weird when you're on there with a lot of people. Depends, you know, what you're really doing. Like if there's like these mini games and things like that, which I'm not interested that much into. They have these things called survival games and things like that yeah. where like you have to like build something on an island and you know, the other characters are on all these little islands you have to make your way over and like, you know, get the other guy with an arrow or a sword or something like that. And it's kind of complicated. It's like a puzzle, I guess you could say, but it's like a fighting game with puzzles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I just like either the survival or like, you know, the creative is all right, but sometimes it's a little too like, you know, they just have a flat area where you can just be creative. It's kind of gets old after a while, but survival has always been, you know, one of my go-tos to, to actually build something out of just the, things around you and like mine things and get excited to get a diamond i mean the first time i got a diamond that was great <laughs> uh, yeah me too that's why i put that on one of my videos it's like oh yeah the, the extra bonus so like oh i found diamonds at the end of this video so so i put yeah. it on there anyway even though it was just a start video but but yeah it, it's just um yeah it's it's really fun but i i i think uh uh uh, I think it can br bring us together as a as a social platform as well too. But I, yeah, yeah, I'll it's get really into that later. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting game. But you know, you actually did inspire me to do something though. Uh, I saw your website and I I actually went online and I found some places where you can build your own website. So I built a little website on there on uh, I don't know, it's like Wix dot com or something like that. <laughs> so I, I decided to do that and that was actually pretty fun. Uh, I was putting together cool. some stuff. I have a little space for Modulator Bay down there so people could see the videos from Modulator Bay, and right. so I. I think this this particular show we're doing, I really, really enjoy it. And hopefully this will take off. And like you said, it'd be really awesome to have some people come on and we can do interviews or just have fun and stuff. I, I really do enjoy this. So I just want to let you know that I really do enjoy being on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, best wishes to you too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it really could take off uh, if, uh, if I put some effort into it. We put some effort into it. And yeah, and I see I see a trend that that could be could be going I, I don't know there's just not enough i haven't i haven't seen enough of it yet but but some some people i know are trying to kind of do the same same thing we're we want to get together more we want to have more discussions we want to have that be more of uh, what people end up seeing on youtube that's why i kind of got on youtube to start to to do is just to is just to think well well not just fight against the 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 marketing tube uh, mm -hmm. necessarily, but, but to create a space, to carve a space within it that actually works for all of us who, who want to, who want to see that sort of thing and want to see each other and talk to each other. And that's cool. Sure. Which by the way, have you noticed lately on YouTube, the amount of advertisement that's been going? Like, I mean, it seems like every video now that I watch, there's like two or three ads and stuff. Well, like, it's, it's getting a, like crazy. It's a straight all across the board. Everybody gets ads now. Um, really? matter, uh, and you don't, you don't get paid for them. Yeah. Whether you're monetized your videos or not, your ads are on all videos now. And they gave us a warning uh, like the week before it, I, that I saw, I saw a, a week before it happened, or something like a day, the day before. 
and they're like, and I watch some, I watch, uh, Roberto Blake is my favorite guy for watching, uh, YouTube information about, because he's really down to earth and isn't just a, like, want you to believe something sort of guy or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's just like us. Um, but anyway, he taught, I always, I always get his word, his, uh, his little gist on the subject cause he informs everybody and yeah. So now whether or not you're monetized, you have, you have your ads on there, but um, if you are monetized, you can get paid for them. So you still get up to that. Don't you need like at least like a thousand subs or something to get monetized? I think. Um, yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have the watch time. It's like 40,000 hours watch time. Wow. I have a lot of watch time, but, uh, I think it's just because, um, I've had a lot of videos and long videos, but, um, but the subscriber count isn't going to be up there really because, you know, I'm not that kind of channel, I guess, yet. Plus, uh, it's, 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 enough. it's really hard to do it, though. I mean, to get, like, subscribers and things like that. Like, I, I mean, I've tried to do this whole SoundCloud thing recently where there's, like, I don't know if you know about SoundCloud, but they have a thing called the Repost Exchange Network. And so basically you get these credits and the more that you repost somebody else's music, you get credits for it. And then thus in return, you can take those credits, give them to somebody else and they'll repost it on their channel or whatever it is. And so the more followers they have, the more credits it costs. But it's kind of like this exchange thing. And it I, I could see how it could also become like an addiction in the sense where people are like, you know, doing this to try to promote things and they get hooked on it and all this and whatnot. But and it only uh, goes so far to promote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have gotten a few extra, uh, you know, views, but now like at the bottom of my page, there's all these reposts that, I mean, some of them I, you know, never really even enjoyed because I'm just like, oh, I just want to get the credit, you know, but, uh, I try to post things that I do enjoy, but at the same time, it's like, it's just this cycle or something. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that you have to look out for. Hopefully the YouTube doesn't start doing things like that because it, kind of then turns it into a game, you know, and yeah. everybody's trying to compete, like to do the same thing. I don't know. It's kind of strange, but yeah, every platform's got their, their thing. I don't know SoundCloud and I don't think I'm going to, because I've got enough to think about enough platforms to think about. I took your advice and started the Spotify artist page. I don't know if that really did anything or not, but <laughs> yeah, I noticed that it didn't really do a whole lot for me either. <laughs> Um, but it, you know, my stuff's on Spotify anyway already, so that's good, I guess. That's the, that's the cool thing, I guess, right? I mean, if anything, like I guess it's, it's big out bad, there. and I'm signed up with the big bad, big bad wolf. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, but, yeah. Music's. I hate, I hate copyrights. I hate the whole idea of it. It's not okay with. It doesn't fit with music. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a crazy world. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, platforms-wise, Twitch, uh, it actually can can be like it, like a more direct thing, uh, and then your your followers end up directly uh, supporting you a lot. Of course, Twitch gets a gets a percentage of that, but it, it's different mm-hmm. than think, than platforms like Spotify and YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, and, and so, like, if you have some kind of reason to be on Twitch. Um, and I don't know, entertain people, inform people, uh, some other reason besides gaming. There's like lots of opportunity yeah. right now for that. Yeah, I do have a profile. I never actually did too much streaming on there. I think I tried it one time. 
Um, I'm not sure if I got many views on it, but uh, it is an interesting platform. Uh, majority of the stuff, yes, is for like video games and stuff, which, by the way, this one time I was uh, on YouTube, I think. This wasn't Twitch, but uh, some dude had like, I don't know, like a quarter million people on a live stream playing a game and people were donating like crazy money to this guy. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like to watch a guy play a video game? It's insane, you know? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. But that's cool. the cool thing, though, is that every is that can happen for small people too. the donations like that. But um, but what somebody small isn't going to get is like money from just being there, you know, yeah. from it, from being popular, you know, mm-hmm. like ad rev or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those big guys, he's getting he's getting all that ad revenue. And then then people are donating as if he's not like stinking rich. Uh, which from from being a partner uh you know i don't know i saw this this guy was getting like 500 hundred dollar donations and stuff and i'm like who's got that kind of money to give to you know watch games (laughs) unless it was like unless it was like a hype thing maybe he has friends that are just doing it to get people excited or something and the same thing too with the computer building thing some guy was building a computer and i guess that's like the thing right now i mean you go online you build computers and you do it live on there and people go crazy i'm just telling you like like there's like these crazy video cards they throw on them and like i mean this dude just built like a fifteen thousand dollar computer and it was like okay and like people were going crazy they were giving away things and stuff and it just created like like a ton of hype and it's just insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally um well i i donate to people on twitch yeah um, I, I subscribe and that takes uh, uh, $5 a month to whoever you subscribe to on Twitch. And there's one person, there's one channel I'm subscribed to on Twitch. That's the Kobe Lax channel. And it's a DJ um, uh, duo. Okay. Uh, they're yeah. a couple, a DJ couple. And there's another DJ couple I really like, um, Escape Velocity. That's really cool. And they do drum and bass. And they're one of the biggest, or one of the, I'm sorry, not biggest, um, Longest running drum and bass label ever, still running, uh, nice. still okay. going, and he's re- they're really you know really into it, really serious about it, and you can learn a lot of, about more artists from them too. It's cool. I like DJs on Twitch. It's a good way to get your um, get your music, and I like to give back to that or wherever, like NPR or whatever. You know. So what you're saying is there is hope for people for music on Twitch then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, de- nice. no, definitely. More, more than ever. Yeah, more than ever. The Golden Shrimp Guild are doing their synth fest uh, every every month now on Twitch, and it's just blowing up. Um, how it used to be just we would do a few events a year that are, are like uh, uh, fundraisers, you know, for like the World Wildlife Fund and stuff like that. But now... Um, uh, now Dan Dan Kushner is heading up the he does the gear splaying channel as well. Cool, great guy, and um, and that that's another kind of like inspiration for for something like this is to have conversations online. The gear splaining is one of the that's greatest shows. Um, I'd like to get on there uh, sometime. Maybe this year would be cool um, and talk with those guys, him that's- and coherence. I'm wondering, is there like a way to like simulcast, what's the word for it? Like simulcast? It's like a, where the feed goes to two different places, like it goes to YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. What I'm doing right now is is simulcasting to simulcast. YouTube. Oh, but so we're on, yeah. we're, on, we're on Twitch right now too? Mm-hmm. Nice. That's yeah. cool. 
on Mellow Lava's channel. That I, I changed my name, so hopefully some people some people will recognize me. Some people won't when I'm on when I'm chatting online. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had to tell somebody, and then then I just got uh, totally. Uh, I to- got totally hated for it, and they're like, and they're like, oh, oh, you're a mi- you're a Minecraft guy now. Oh, you're you're gone. You're gone. Bye bye. Oh, no. oh come like, on, <laughs> Minecraft, Minecraft. I'm like, awesome, no. man. It's awesome. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm making my music for the for my. Anyway, no, or, or, or or a combination, Minecraft and music. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... Yeah, honestly, I think it's cool that for for myself to be doing something other in my free time than just than just uh, music, uh, because actually it has been that way. Because I don't really watch TV or anything like that anymore. I just watch YouTube videos about uh, music production and gear and stuff like that, and get gas all the time. And that's what I spend my free time doing. You know, that's true. I, I barely watch TV anymore. In fact, we have like an antenna, you know, because we quit the cable. But uh, there's an antenna we have, and it, you don't even get any channels anymore. The signal's so low that they don't even broadcast really on the air anymore. But, uh, yeah, I just I completely stop uh, watching TV altogether. In fact, most of the time we have Bob Ross playing in the background on YouTube, so it's kind of nice to have those chill vibes just all the time. Whenever I want, no one has to, you know, tell me what to watch or, you know, what actually comes up if I have no control over it. So it's kind of nice to be in control of that at least, you know, and just watch what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. I watch one show right now, and that's um, Hot Ones. It's an interview show where they they eat a bunch of wi- a row of wings and each one has a, a different bottle of of hi, you know higher spice <laughs> as, as it goes and until you have the last one you have, this is the last dab on the wing uh, you know it's tradition to to put a dab on it and try the last one and these are just lethal and oh, it's all the, all these interviews with celebrities uh, and different people. Um, and this is a YouTube show, started out a YouTube show, but now they're showing it on Hulu, too. Um, <laughs> which is cool. um, nice. But there's still a lot more of them on YouTube that you can find. But um, And Sean Evans is the guy, is the host. And I, this is, it's, it's really inspiring because he is the best interviewer. He's just like, he makes you want to like, if you've ever tried to do a show like this and just have a conversation like this and be a, be a host, man, I mean, he is just, he, you know about Nardwar? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, uh huh. How he just like amazes. He just does all this research about the the guests, you know, before they come on, and and he's just like again, he gives them a gift, you know, beforehand. But Sean Evans is the same way. He's always just surprising the guests, like, oh, how do you know about that? Who told you that? Who, yeah, he. He does like some deep research too. Like, I mean, he, he finds like old albums and stuff that he knows that they'll like, and like, whoa, what? You know, it's crazy. Like that guy's insane. He's so funny though. Yeah. But I just like real stuff like that. So like I wa- uh-huh. I watch that show because there's still there's always more to watch. And I, when I need to sit down to eat, I actually just have to watch something because I'm eating. I can't do something while I'm eating, so that's my time to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm so I, I'm frantic all the time. I'm just so multitask. I feel like I, I'm I'm wait I'm I I have no time all the time, and I'm like losing sleep to try to get do more stuff. And it's just all self indulgent <laughs> things. But I'm so neurotic about it. You know, ADD. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I find myself sometimes like that as well. Like, I mean, sometimes if I'm just sitting with my own thoughts for too long, it like uh, I need something to distract myself. You know, it's like oh, I need some sort of entertainment or something like that or play a game or something, you know, because like if I just think too much, it's like, whoa, <laughs> especially uh-huh. with what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Jamie, a Geosense always gives small channels a shout out. Mike hydroponic 
or hydro pneumatic says. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Geo Geosense is a great show. I like, I like that. I like him. He's cool. And he, uh, he has the sense to talk about and, uh, and, and stays up on the research on everything too. And he's got, he's got, got some cred behind him. Uh, all this stuff is very, very new to me. So credibility is not something I really have. I like I'm online, uh, not not trying to show that I have some kind of credibility by having a studio behind me, but but rather that I'm uh, that I'm fumbling through this, trying to figure this out like everybody else. And that's why I'm online. Yeah, true. Here, same same situation. Like I, I know that a lot of times it's like it, it might look like I know what I'm doing, but. To be honest, I really don't. <laughs> I just kind of like figure it out. And then if it clicks, it clicks. And usually when I do a podcast, I always want to make sure people like, hey, I'm not a professional. I just, you know, this is just something I like to do. It's a hobby and everything. But I have figured out quite a bit of things. I mean, if I do actually know how to do certain things, maybe I can do maybe tutorials. But at the same time, I don't want somebody plugging something in and blowing something up. You know, that's, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I just got a new box, um, new wood box. Oh, yeah, so I noticed. It I looks noticed, like yeah. my my studio is a little bit bigger. It's because I have an I have a new box, but the, what that all that means is that I've got half empty on one and half empty on the other. <laughs> and okay, so, yeah. And so it just keeps me thinking about all the gear that I that I that I need to get now and uh, um, and that I want that I don't really need and stuff like that, like the Argonite. Um, I'm really into Wavetable, but I still don't have my my PolySynth, and so I always wanted kind of like a hands-on PolySynth. Mm -hmm. But um, what's really kind of important to me is like a morphable wave shape, right? And oh. Wavetable synths are all about that already, but there's some synths that do that without being Wavetable synths, like the Behringer Neutron, for instance, mm -hmm. styled after the Erebus, um, where where you know you turn the knob and it goes smoothly from square to triangle to saw you know and and then you can put motion on that to make it do that you know otherwise so sure. the argument so all the the modal synths are really good at that and so that's what i have gas for right now and that's why i actually got another box is because i'm sometime this year going to uh, to uh break down and get my poly synth but it's not going to be what i maybe thought I was looking at in the past like a, a peak innovation peak or something like a subtractive synth, but like uh, but more of a wavetable. And like um, the Hydra synth was is really, really tempting as well. It's yeah. really cool looking. But I needed something a little bit more simple. And after doing a lot more research on on all this all the synths out there, uh, the the modal synths are really amazing. But like the like the Argon 8 and the Cobalt 8. And they, they do the rack versions, the M version as well. But they've got these portable synths as well um, that are, I think, so amazing that you, depending on what kind of format synths you want physically, like, they will give you just as much as, like, their big synths, the Argonate or the Cobalt 8. Like, to get the modal craft synth version 2, just this mm -hmm. tiny little thing. That's a wavetable synth with morphable two oscillators that are morphable, mm -hmm. right? Smoothly mm -hmm. morphable, continuous morphing wave shape is what is what you classically call it, I guess. Um, but then they also have the sculpt, and then th which is the same thing, but it's it's subtractive 
waveforms because so they call it virtual analog even because it's digital but it's also tiny tiny thing uh-huh. and so you know if you want something portable they've got something for everybody that way but really like that that was all kind of like around the idea of replacing the the polyphonic wavetable that i enjoyed in the circuit mm-hmm. and that i'm moving this piece of equipment out of my studio for something that maybe is going to sound a little bit better as a wavetable synth than that. Sure. sure. No, good. I, I know that Korg came out with one. Uh, I, I, it's like the OP something. It's uh, probably the OP six or something if I'm saying it right, but they, it's like a, I don't know if it's wavetable, but it's something, it's like a digital synth. It's got some really crazy sounds on it. Like, uh, but the way it works is like you have these operators or something on there and you increase the operators. So like you, you would turn the volume up on each operator and then you would morph it. It's something that I, I really haven't seen before, but I, it looked kind of interesting though. Yeah. The op six. Oh yeah. Yeah. The op six. Yeah. I guess it's that. Yeah. It's a, that, I think that's the best way to do FM there to be able oh, it's to FM. Turn, that's right. FM yeah. Synthesis. To be able to turn up each operator, uh-huh. you know? Um, up and down with a slider. That's great. Uh-huh. And that just makes it really easy, actually. I, I am kind of familiar with FM now. And yeah, that makes it that makes it so nice. And just really hands-on. To have an FM be hands-on, you never had that in the 80s. Yeah, no, that's neat. Yeah, that, that thing looks pretty cool. That was actually probably the only thing that I, th- I think I saw this year that I was really interested in. So if you're talking about things I was interested in, that was the one I... And, yeah. and not only that, the hydrosynth, of course. Great. I mean, the hydrosynth, that that one was really interesting when I saw that. I saw some Sweetwater video. Uh, the guy that demos all the synthesizers was, was messing with it, and it just sounded so crazy. Yeah, so, it just sounds so, so much more amazing than, like, anything for some I, reason. And it's not just somebody's video because other people's, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was yeah. thinking the desktop version of it would be kind of cool because, I mean, obviously I have enough keyboards, you know, <laughs> but the desktop version of it is kind of nice because it's kind of in a compact format. So the Hydrosynth desktop version would be kind of cool, the module. Yeah. And plus, so I think it's, it's like half the price, too. So it's kind of uh-huh. nice. It kind of shares the same uh, sort of similar sort of kind of things as the circuit in a way. Like I, I was thinking about the Hydrosynth. It's got eight macro knobs that uh-huh. can be anything like this except yeah. for they've got screens so you can actually tell by oh, looking yeah. at the screens what they are but yeah. it's that deep where it's got all that stuff and any any of those macros you can make to be other things and so it gets pretty deep and that's why that's actually kind of why i was choosing the argonate instead of the hydrosynth they're kind of like the competing they're kind of they're competing with each other because they're both okay. able synths that way uh-huh. Um, but although the hydrosynth might actually like sound out of the box, just sound amazing no matter what, and it's got that quality where it's like not many synths at all have that quality, yeah. just so like whoa, blow you away. Like me, I think maybe the profit was profit synths are like that. Mm-hmm. They at least were for me when I tried them in the software uh, Arturia software versions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Prophet Six is like, oh my god! Next, next, pa- next preset. Oh my god! <laughs> like you couldn't put it in anything, but <laughs> yeah, blows you away every time. Yeah. yeah, those are some cool synths. The uh, the Prophet man, that thing is uh, like the actual physical one. 
uh, that thing goes for quite a bit, doesn't it? Um, the yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Expensive it's all analog and yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, yep. the Moog Moog One, man. I don't know. <laughs> yep, and that's a classic too. Huh? Yeah, actually, I had a chance to play one. I actually went to the uh, Sweetwater in Indiana before I went to the Bob Ross thing, and uh, they actually had one on demo there. And I, to be honest, I don't know if I was as impressed with it than I, I mean, as I thought I would be, you know, I mean, of course the power in it is obviously amazing. And just to sit there for like, you know, 20 minutes, you can't figure out any of it. I mean, in 20 minutes, but, uh, it just seemed like the, the quality of it could have been better for $8,000. I think (laughs) maybe, I don't know. But, uh, uh, I mean the sub 37 for some reason, I just feel really comfortable with that synthesizer, but I mean, I'm sure it's got amazing potential. I mean, obviously it should for that kind of money, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool to try it, you know, I guess. It's like your, it's like your, your next gen organ. Like it's better than an organ, better than an organ, right? Yeah. But you know, I started thinking though, they might not have put the best one on demo. You know what I'm saying? They probably had like maybe a uh, prototype. Or people have been using it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, why would they put a really high end one out there? You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, it, it just seemed like, uh, that the keys were a little different. It just seemed like the quality of them might be a little oh. bit different. And I think that's because maybe like it might be a prototype or something. They probably don't want to put a real expensive one out there. Somebody's bashing on it or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For me, uh, for me, the big, um, one would be that that's like would cost too much for me or that. So I, w- I wouldn't mm-hmm. think about it, but I'd think about it, it would be the profit X. Uh, and if I were to spend like $3,000 or something, it's 3000 something or, or close between 3000 and 4,000. So it's yeah. like, but yeah. And that has basically the, the Dave Smith profit, uh, whatever synth and uh-huh. the, a bunch of like, or, like blow you away or orchestral samples. The, to go along with it and, oh, that's and, cool. layer, and layer them up as much as you want. Nice. The, uh, what was it? Uh, geez, you mentioned that and I was thinking of another synth. Uh, now I don't remember, but, um, yeah, yeah. Those are cool. The profits. <laughs> uh, I also just looked at the strike fet, um, for an idea of something that could, cause I was looking at morphable wave shapes, something that maybe, Oh, maybe I don't want an argonate or a hydra synth or a wave table synth. Maybe I need something that just morphs its wave shape, but I can still make chords that sound pleasant, but I don't have to go through all the presets of ones that all, all the other ones that don't sound pleasant, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking a string machine, like the strike fet or the, the big, um, Waldorf STVC. It has the vocoder on it as well. It's basically, oh, that's a cool. And so what it does is that it has this kind of modulation where it modulates between these uh, string-like sounds. And it goes... And then it has a chorus, too, that you can put on it. You know, chorus and reverb and everything. And so it's your, it's your essential. It can be your, your old Rhodes or Wurlitzer or sa- uh, electric piano sounds. Sure, or, sure. you know, along with your, you know your strings, your nice orchestral strings. And it, it sounded great in those videos, but it's like, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I, I don't know. It, I think it's affordable. I think maybe 1200 or something though. Sure. 
Actually, I think it was the the Moog Odyssey might have been the one I was thinking of. That that's cool, but they don't make them anymore. I guess it's discontinued. Mm-hmm. But if they if they brought that back, that's a cool synthesizer. I saw one on Reverb, just one, just recently, because you know I go on Reverb and just like go page after page after page all the time, just like like what do things cost? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still a few thousand to get, that, yep. especially since there's not very many out there on the market. I no, want it for a few thousand. But I mean, at the time when that came out, that must have been pretty mind blowing. I mean, at the time, I don't think they had such an analog synthesizer that had the capabilities that that thing had. Was it? I think it was polyphonic too. Was it? I, I'm I, not hundred percent sure, but there might have been multiple voices on it. That's why. That's why it's kind of interesting to me because it's kind of neat to have multiple voices on an analog synth because it's hard to get that, you know, especially with the price yeah. range and everything. So that's why um, I always liked the Peak. I always thought the Peak was the kind of like the best for a hands-on synth that it's really beautiful, really well made, and uh, easy easy to use. But it's as deep as you ever want it to be. I think that's still a really good way to go. That or the Summit. Uh, because sure. it's got voices, but well, I say analog, but it is um, DCOs, but it or, and well, it's sort of uh, they call them NCOs now, mm-hmm. numerically uh, controlled oscillators. But it's just so much, so much definition that it's just as perfect as you'd ever want it to be. But we not, we kind of know as sound designers, or if you get into sound design, you kind of know by synthesis you can always warm something up and dirty something up and and destruct it that's true it's easy to destruct something once it's perfect of course you know when it came to digital stuff you had the anti-aliasing issues in the past but with this new stuff like new digital sense you don't have as much of that going on that's that's true you know i was noticing in the fl studios they have just like a basic three oscillator synth in there i think it's called the 3 X or something like that and it's it's pretty amazing how you can just jump and even to just like a digital vst or something like that and then just recreate anything really i mean to be honest with you they all kind of make sound and sense so i mean just to be able to do that on a program is pretty amazing and then just get the exact same results out of it so it's kind of cool that they have that ability as well so that way you, you know every time you don't want to keep firing up this you know your hardware if you don't want to you just jump on there and just do the same thing kind of in a way you know it's kind uh-huh. of neat. yeah yeah so do you, do you uh i want to just mention it's, it's okay but we don't even have to go there too much but um do you have any opinions about like uh behringer and stuff that they've been doing and like i don't know like how attitudes that people have had based on that like the fact that they just came out with the the their their the key step clone <laughs> um, I, I did see a bunch of Behringer products at, I mean, the first time I actually really saw a bunch of products was at that Sweetwater place I was at a few months ago. And, uh, the quality of Behringer seems there, you know, it seems like it's nice, you know, and I mean, the, they are just, you know, recreating kind of like those classical synths and those, you know, analog style synths. I saw there was one called the Wasp. It's kind of unique, you know, I'm not sure what it's, you know, based off of, but then you got the ones like the Model D version of it. I mean, you could literally get it for like, what, like 300 or something or 400 and like a Model D costs about three grand or something like that. So I, I don't know, uh, to be honest. I, I mean, I, I don't pay attention too much to Behringer. Uh-huh. I've never really used any of their products. I, I know they even make mixers and stuff. I'm not sure what the quality is like on that. I mean, I imagine whatever, wherever they're getting their manufacturing from, I believe it's China, uh, 
the quality maybe might not be up to par on some of the stuff they do. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, what's the word I'm looking for? I wouldn't, uh, uh, geez, I, I wouldn't like, I can't even think of the word. Uh, I wouldn't discount them. Uh, when it comes to some of the stuff they're doing, uh, I mean, I believe they actually blanket blanket opinion about them or anything. Yeah, I, I I believe they have to pay maybe some patenting, you know, or to the actual manufacturers or something. Maybe they maybe they have to give them a cut or something. I mean, because I mean, it seems like they're really going after a clone, you know, and a lot of the products they're doing. So they're basically just kind of cloning it. Yeah, uh, but- what I understand is that every product has been really different that way. Everything that they've done, like sometimes they've cloned products that were that are unavailable that were from the past. And then there's sometimes that they've taken products that are go- that are that companies are putting out right now still, and then putting out just the same thing and putting their name on it. I um, I I would say as long as the product isn't going, you know, like you said, the discontinued products. As long as they're discontinued, I mean, I guess if they're not available, they they do make some attempt at making them available to people. I don't know. If, I think that's okay. There was uh-huh. there was a video somebody did. They were talking about that, and I kind of agreed with like what they were talking. You know that a lot of these synthesizers you can't get, and you know if you're gonna go out and get the original one, I mean you're talking right. a used piece of equipment that probably is somebody wants a lo- you know a little bit too much for anyway. So uh, for them to make clones of it, I'm sure that they have to clear it with the companies that maybe I mean Moog. I would imagine they have to clear something with Moog for that model. I, I think right unless they the the circuitry is different and they just don't have to. I don't know. Maybe they get, maybe they get around that somehow. Uh, well, that's I mean, the thing is sometimes they've cleared things with companies and sometimes they haven't. Oh really? Uh, okay. It's been, I didn't know that. Well, when they felt like they didn't have to, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. Cause they looked up, you know, whether it's legal or not to do what they're doing and go as far as they gone and or whatnot, you know, hmm. I and mean, they, they tend to, to be up on trying to try to be up on whether or not they'll get in trouble for it at least. When it comes to circuitry or when it comes to even like computer stuff, you know, like, I mean, if you're talking like video cards and things like that, I mean, I do know a little bit about like how the business runs with that. There's really maybe two big companies that uh, NVIDIA or AMD that are like the manufacturers, but then they they sell the technology to like maybe like EVGA or, you know, uh, MSI or Radeon, right. well, Radeon products, uh, I forget who they go through, but uh, a lot of the NVIDIA products, you know, Asus makes um, video cards for them. It, they use the same architecture, the same technology, and the same thing, but they pay, like, maybe leasing fees. And, uh, I mean, geez, I mean, the price of a video card right now is insane. Uh, you know, I, I guess I could see the same thing with synthesizers and maybe sound equipment and things like that. Uh, like, I mean, if they make a mixer, if Behringer makes a mixer and it's a model 24 mixer or something like that, I don't know. I don't know how they get around that, but yeah, but I don't know. Just, yeah. See, that's what they just did with our, the Arturia, the key step. This, they did this with silver knobs and oh, okay. put the Behringer logo on it. And it's exactly yeah. the same in every single wow. way. They didn't even claim that it would be different in any way or anything like that. But, huh. um, but then, and then Arturia, I mean, they released it, boom, everybody, here it is. And then Arturia releases on their site, um, seriously, what? <laughs> they didn't really? know they were, Behringer was going to do that. Behringer's just like, no, we can legally do this because, hey, we're in China. The things are different here. Blah, blah, we can make whatever we want, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, really? a, lot, a lot of it is the difference between philosophies on, like, what you can do and what you can't do in general um, well, on the market. I mean- but, um uh, 
I guess I'm not I'm I'm not really looking into buying anything from Behringer anytime soon. So I I mean I am <laughs> like uh, which which product? Well, okay. See, that's the thing is like I'm I'm kind of like I'm not con- I wouldn't say I'm conflicted because I feel like I have a good head about how things work. Like like you're saying, you're kind of like well, that's the, the way things work. Sometimes it's it's different. The thing is, every product is a little bit different. Like I want the Pro One definitely want the pro one dave smith is not planning on making another one he called him up and said hey no i'm not trying i'm not planning to do that go ahead oh in that case yeah totally cool yeah and and same thing with a lot of those a lot all the synthesizers you know and like um uh what was the other is the other one the neutron i'm real i was really thinking about the neutron see yeah yeah that one looks pretty cool but what I am going to end up getting from Behringer, I'm pretty sure, is their ultra cheap version of the ultra expensive um, 960 sequencer, the big Moog 960 sequencer from back in the day, from the 70s. Oh, wow. That's With all cool. the, the knobs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's about, you know, it takes up almost a whole row of space there. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like that. But Behringer makes the Eurorack version, uh, makes a Eurorack version of it. Actually, Dopefer makes a Eurorack version of it already, but that and a couple other modules together with it. Uh, and so they've had that on the market for a while. And there's also always been a synthesizers.com 5U clone of that. Always. Like since yeah. I started looking at synthesizers, it's the first thing I ever saw. That's why I'm getting it. It's because this is why I have everything this way that looks this way. All the Moog stuff is because that's what really I fell in love with at first. And so Behringer came out with that. And so I'm going to get their rack and power and that. Not only that. Okay, here's the deal. Their most, um, what I figure is the most controversial and worst, most evil thing they've ever done is surrounding <laughs> a product that I not only bought before but i got two more of them for christmas uh and and i'll recommend them and i was gonna make a video doing this but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and mention it right now i hope okay okay if i take your time here to, but <laughs> like see what you've got on here the pro the dt 770s by bear dynamic right yeah you know i just got these actually yeah yeah these are yeah. nice I, I i do enjoy these i had like a pair of these i don't know what the heck they, it's like a uh, beats headphones or whatever but they were like really loud and they were just noisy but these things are great yeah so okay so um i got a pair of these behringer oh wow they make the oh wow yeah they're called bh770s i lovingly call them the butt huggers <laughs> the um, that for organ speakers for my for my daughter to use because I don't have to worry about them just like because they're thirty five bucks right oh really that's awesome they're the same they, they okay so what are they telling people silent silent lie is that these are studio monitoring headphones but they're not they're listening headphones they're regular listening headphones they're pretty good for listening to stuff plus physically. They look exactly the same. The most comfortable headphones, at, uh, studio monitoring headphones, even for like uh, hundred over a hundred dollars. But these are that same wonderful quality. Like this is these would be so much better, and they're so much. They are actually better than Beats because their their bass enhancement isn't quite as bad. Uh huh. Okay. You know what I mean? They're more flat, but they're not flat, and they won't give you your whole you won't hear all your sounds in, in this. They're not, 
they're not good like that. They're not studio monitoring headphones. They call them studio headphones. Okay, okay. So the yeah. great big silent lie is that all these kids out there are going to go, I have studio monitor, I have monitoring headphones, and they don't, and they can't hear their music, and they can't produce, and they're, they're going to wonder why everyone's going, your, 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 your music, you know, and they're, and they're gonna, because they can't hear it like you can with these. They're totally different headphones. Bayer Dynamic DT770s are studio monitoring headphones. These are listening headphones. They're better than Beats, so I highly recommend them for 35 bucks. Wow. You can amazing. find them. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, they have all these uh, uh, compression mic or condenser. I, I forget what they call them, but the. The Rode NT1, they have clones of these too, and they make them in China, and you can pick them up for like 19 or 24 bucks or something like that. It's pretty amazing. There's there's a lot of talk out there about headphones and stuff too, about how the Bear Dynamics 770s and 990s are practically like the best headphones on the market, practically, you know? Uh, but uh, I don't yeah. know about high end, high end studio monitors. I don't, I don't think Maybe. you would. I've never, I've never done, but I don't, I don't think you would ever need them. Not, n- not with the pair of Bear Dynamics. I've tried a pair of Sennheiser's 990s or something like that, or 900s or something like that. And yeah, they're, they're really like nice. 600 bucks, right? Yeah, and these, these, I can hear my music just great, just fine with these two. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, these ones are actually the closed version. The 990s, I think, actually are open. I don't know what yeah, the, the... and the, yeah. I don't yeah, know I how, how much sound actually leaks out of it, but... I, I know that the open ones, I don't know if it picks up on the microphone or not, but I, I always wanted a close back one. So everything's isolated much better, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's always best to start out with the closed back. Um, and if you want uh, an open back, I always, I just think about it, you know, maybe it'd be nice to hear, hear some of it without the bass uh, um, affecting your ears so much as you go, especially for long periods of time. It's a yeah. smart. Yeah, they said that the 990s are better for long periods of, you know, wearing. These actually kind of get a little warm, I guess, <laughs> from the specs, I think. Yeah, but man, I just wear these all the time. But you know what I had to yeah. do, though? It's the same thing with the Behringers, too, by the way. Like, they're, they're so, I don't know if you felt like this, but they're so tight when you first get them. I had to they go, like, can. a lot. It's just, like, wrench on them. Now they're fine. I've had to, like, push on them a little bit to kind of get them, like, <laughs> to set right. Uh but what was I going to say about it, though? Uh, they do have like a break in period, too, I guess, to where the actual drivers in the headphones, they actually kind of get better sounding after a while. So uh, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So the longer you keep them, the longer you use them, the more you wear them in. Like they actually kind of like get better with the dynamics yeah. inside. Yeah, that's a real thing that the, the break in time. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm just about that point because I've had them since like September, I think, and I've used them quite a bit to be honest with you. I well, I'm really digging these headphones. All I know is they just I I wanted the most comfortable kind, and so that's why I ended up getting these. But I I found out afterwards that the same that everybody says, and it, it's just that they are just so great. They just and and uh, before I got anything like this. Uh huh. That's what gets me about Behringer doing that is that this is what changed the game for me. Like this is what started everything for me. I couldn't do anything without headphones that could really tell me more. Yeah. I didn't know. And I wouldn't have known that. And you never, every single person, they won't know until they get studio monitoring headphones or something like that. Something, you know, 
um, you just won't know for sure. And I'm I'm saying that as a sound as a like a tweaker, a sound designer. You know, I'm a real sound designer. So maybe maybe if you're making music, I don't know. Maybe there's some tolerances, but. I just I'm when you really get down to the elements of your song and trying to mix, you, you just couldn't ever do it on just headphones, you know? Yep. Right. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And that's that's the biggest debate out there about it too. And if you want to go with the monitors, like a, a pair of studio monitors or like, you know, speakers or loudspeakers oh. or whatever, uh, like they get really expensive. So uh yeah, I don't know if I, I would actually ever buy like a real expensive pair of speakers, but behind me these uh Alasis, I, I test my music sometimes on these speakers back here. I don't use them all the time because obviously they're overkill, to be honest. Uh but uh, I think each one of them might have went for like three or four hundred bucks. So I mean, you know, you're kind of up there in the price range, but uh-huh. uh, they sound amazing for loud listening. So if you want, I mean, and most of the time people are going to probably be on stage if they're going to play loud music. They would probably maybe use a loudspeaker in, in that sense, but maybe the stage might be set up with more professional things than this. But but uh, to test it, to you know, just make sure everything just comes in good. These things work you know, pretty cool. I mean, I, I play records on them all the time and stuff. They come in super crisp. The drivers are very clean. And uh, I mean, they literally have like 1200 Watts of power in each one of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, could be, I could be wrong. It might actually be 2000. Yeah, no, see, that's, that's not for like a home studio. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I, I made the same, it, not a mistake <laughs> for you. It's not a mistake. You, you paid enough probably you weren't duped by the whole process, but I won't show you anyway. I have to get them out. But like, uh, but my speakers I got because they have this. They, they're all wood made and nice wood. And I don't know. They there's this company called Rockville, and think, they yeah, I've heard of them. They actually um, they actually make things in the U.S. and and they have this way of making speakers, and and they're really proud of it. And they're by bi-amp speakers so the woofer and the tweeter have their own separate drivers which is great and they're great they were great speakers until i you know until i started to wear them out a little bit more they've actually been really great but they they marketed them as studio monitors i got do same way it's like behringer but like (laughs) i guess these guys are doing it probably because their philosophies are different and they actually believe in what they're saying that these are studio can be called studio monitors but they're pa loudspeakers they're like they're 500 watt so they have this going and it's oh yeah you gotta be all the time and so for a while i i put my socks over the tweeters yeah you you gotta be really careful with that hissing because uh they actually these have their own volume on them and i literally have to turn it almost all the way off because if if you crank those things up you're gonna smell smoke that's like how that's how powerful i mean they literally have way too much power inside of them in fact one time my neighbor across the street came knocking on my door and he's like is that sound coming from your house my walls are shaking so yeah yeah it's you'll you'll hear that that noise that comes out of them and that's that's when you can tell the power is pushing Uh uh-huh and and in a live venue you would definitely be using a straight low cut and high cut (laughs) yeah yeah I i don't even know if you could really get rid of that i mean to be honest it's it's probably built into the amplifier like it might be coming from that and even still it's like again overkill it is very overkill because I, I i can crank them way down and turn the volume up on my mixer and they come in super loud without the hiss but if that hiss is going that means the power is the power is punching back there big time 
<laughs> but yeah, a, a good pair of speakers though, and I think even like you know monitor speakers though, if you get a good pair of them, yeah, you probably won't have any of that. You know, that's what they're designed to do. I I, I imagine. But uh, yeah, these these headphones, I I don't know. Yeah, I just I really dig these. I don't know if I would go to a pair of monitors. I had just a cheap pair of like Alasis Studio bookshelf speakers. They kind of advertise them like monitors but they're good for like just doing basic things you don't want to monitor your music off them though because i don't know how well it's going to come in you know but <laughs> yes i just always go headphones uh, yeah. you know just to be safe because headphones you can just really tell i just do so much stereo stuff you know that it's just like i want to hear the ping 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 yeah. And, and I just want to imagine. I just like to imagine most of my listeners are using headphones, and I because I think they are, right? Kind of like stereo. I mean, microphones, kind of like going back and forth. Stereo. <laughs> Whoa! Actually, this one's got some reverb. I guess you turn that down. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat to have like a stereo pair of microphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that really works. <laughs> But that's yeah. why I like the rings module because it has this thing where each trigger goes le- to the left and the right if you set it up that way. So so each note that you play goes ding 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 ding. Stereo effects are always my favorite, man. I mean, when you hear the the bouncing and like a ping pong delay, oh dude, I I that's what I like a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Chorus of the chorus does that. Yeah. So the rings, you can do that on the rings too. You just it bounces around. Yeah, that's the thing about the rings module is it has two outs, and oh, okay, yeah. not necessarily for uh for ste- You don't have to use them as stereo that way, but that's that's what it's really good for is because it'll send the first trigger out. It'll send each next trigger out to the back and forth, back and forth. Cool. That's um, awesome. So of course, if you have a gate that's open and you have a have you're playing notes and you and it left the gate open by going too quickly, like, you know, instead of a do 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 then it will all do that on one side. So sometimes it kind of just does this sort of like natural juxtaposition and not just left, right, and left, right. And I, I really like it because it just feels like, yeah, just immersive experience. And that's why reverb is great. Oh, I yeah. Got, I just got the Z-verb, the, mm-hmm. the hip-top Z-verb, and... It's it's great because it has just it has tons of algorithms in there, but like they're they're um, they're based on seventies, eighties, and nineties reverbs that are nice. all classic ones that people used on their racks. Okay, so yeah, it's like okay, I got all those now. Great, that was that was easy, and it's actually pretty cheap too <laughs> that way. Sure, two hundred dollars. Cool. I just love reverb and and I needed more. I I was needing more effects for my voices. Yeah, voices are actually probably the coolest thing I like to do. Like different effects on. I, I really dig that. Everything needs its own uh, to really sculpt it, right? Plus, you can like create like an old like your own atmosphere or like create like a story or something like that, and you just like you add the different layers of different effects and stuff, and it just you could be somewhere completely different, you know, and just I don't know, it's just fun, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you got your regular reverbs, and then like I just realized that on this, this has a shimmer reverb. I just realized how sh- how shimmer is just it just takes you to a different place. It's just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a synthesizer in its own, that shimmering. Like, it kind of has that drone effect in the back. Yeah, it just, it overwashes everything. It just kind of takes over and 
You don't need anything else. That's what's so cool about all that circuitry and all that analog stuff. That's what's really cool about it. It's it's literally all happening as you're doing it, and it's it, that's how it's going through the coils or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not sure how they build them, but that's another thing. If I can build these things, man, that'd be cool. But a lot of those companies that are building, you know, like modules, I'm wondering how like they keep theirs as different from the other guys, like you're saying Behringer, and you know, maybe some of those companies might take someone's idea or something like that, but. That's another one. Who knows? <laughs> it's, just, it's always happened in every part of the market in 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 our eco- world economies. But um, when it happens in the the music production market, it's kind of interesting because there's creativity uh, involved and maybe some kind of like ownership over that idea of like mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Um, mixers is one thing. It's like a mixer is a mixer. It put it's a chord. It puts together, a, a, you know, signals <laughs> and puts chords together into one. <laughs> you know, it's more complicated than that. But you know, it's like a, you don't have to worry about uh, that. But then when it comes to 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 synths, everyone's gonna that's gonna be a huge thing because everyone's gonna get on like, does it really sound like that or not and stuff like that. It's interesting. Sure. Or somebody makes like a clone of like a Pro Tools mixer or something like that. Maybe maybe Pro Tools might do something about it, but I don't know. <laughs> well, um, that's the next thing. Behringer is making a DAW, but you know that's how much oh, new okay. that when everyone has their DAW. Yeah. And, uh, Roland has their Zen Beats out. That's free. Uh, now as well and um i've i've checked it out uh but yeah i just don't want to get into the rolling cloud the subscription-based stuff they they're really gonna they're really gonna get you they're really getting people already who don't realize you could have done that for the you know it's kind of like the denny's menu thing you can get the grand slam or you can go here and get this this and that and it's the same thing only two dollars (laughs) cheaper Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, it's like, so like, um, you know, Roland, they'll have like, you know, it's four hundred dollars for a lifetime license for this synthesizer, soft synthesizer, right? Oh, okay, yeah, right. Or you can go on the cloud and you can just keep on being using it, and the cloud is only what like forty bucks a month or forty bucks a year, maybe even or something like that. Yeah. But then once you're on the cloud, then you're paying for every little thing that's, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. See, that's the yeah. thing. I would just want my license. But if I do, if I get my license, then, you know, for the system one, maybe like, you know. Yeah, I kinda, it's kind of like leasing the synthesizer in a way. I don't know if I want to do that. But I, it, I got out of Adobe when they started doing that too. Yeah, you know, I noticed that. I actually, <laughs> by the way, I, I mean, I used to like, you know, get programs off the internet uh you know from other sources but uh i used to get a uh, photoshop off the internet and uh through torrent sites and now i found out photoshop has monthly subscriptions so goodbye photoshop <laughs> yeah. uh, have you tried gimp that one's actually pretty good but yeah. back in the so, day when i used linux i did i did use gimp and that was they, great. they have it for uh, pc now too so you can actually use it on pc so it's it's kind of cool but something happens when i render my images and it keeps putting colors in the background when i want to delete the background and it's i don't know it's doing something strange but yeah <laughs> besides uh, that yeah now i use photoshop x or i mean no photoscape photoscape x okay i use it's a free uh photo editing software and maybe it might not do as many things as photoshop but uh but it's always worked for me making thumbnails making banners whatever 
the only thing that I want to do is just delete the backgrounds of certain things to make like clip art and like, you know, stuff like that. Cause yeah. I use them for my little podcasts and stuff. I want to put like a, maybe a photo of like, if I'm talking about isotope VST plugins or something like that, I just want the logo. I don't want to actually have like everything that like a box and a whole picture, picture in its square and stuff, you know? So it's kind of nice to be able to clip all that out. And I, I use GIMP for that and then it started messing up. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the reason why I'm looking for another dot mainly is is because I was using Studio One and they just went, yeah. So I don't know, um, I don't know what I'm what exactly I'm I'm gonna do, but I I, I want to get back into a DAW and just the Ableton and Bitwig thing was too much for me. It's too, it's too much. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't like the whole format of the having the devices down there. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Different. I wanted yeah. the regular, like, uh, the recording space and the mixing space being the thing, and that's it. Uh, I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> it, it's it's certain uh, taste or certain things you're used to, and it's it's always nice to be familiar with it, and it's comfortable for you. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get it. There are some programs that just, I mean, I just get lost. Like, I tried doing Ableton, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing now. I mean, obviously, they have a way of doing it. It's much simpler than the way I'm trying to think of it, but I'm, I'm thinking more complicated, you know, like, oh, I got to do this and add this and stuff. But no, you just drag it over, just drag it over. <laughs> so each one is different, you know. And that's kind of like, that's kind of the same with like operating systems, you know, like I, Windows and Mac. Like, I mean, I, I tried doing all these things I would think would be normal on a Windows computer on a Mac, but then all you got to do is just drag it over. <laughs> just simple. I don't know. It's strange. But again, I, I use Windows stuff mostly though. I like all the complication. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to use Windows just because there's some, there's certain things that just only ever were, worked on Windows because that's all that little company was going to work w- with to do it and no, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, but I had a dual boot of Linux and, and, uh, windows and, and it's just, you know, after a while I was just like, all right, I got tired of, of going back and forth of like rebooting the computer to, to use each <laughs> different thing. <laughs> but by the, uh, man. by the way, I still have a dual boot of a Linux and I actually haven't used Linux in like two years. <laughs> just reminded me. But I, I did this thing where I didn't actually have a boot screen. I actually hide it so you don't ever see it pop up. You actually have to go into the boot menu and select it. So it's kind of like, it's cool. <laughs> I see your dog there in the background. Yeah, he's walking around out here. Maybe he wants to go outside or something. I don't know. My cats usually get in my lap up here, but they already they already did their rounds. Actually, cool. I think someone's in your box over there, no? Behind uh, you? The, the, oh, no, actually. What is <laughs> oh okay yeah. <laughs> this is my dust. this is what i use to dust everything i i, I got a classic feather duster of course i okay. gotta i'm so classic yeah yeah i gotta get something too my my, my keyboards are dusty i <laughs> clean them <laughs> well i i am so i am so appreciative that you uh that that you found it in your heart to to send me a, a graphics card so i can keep on going with cool with making minecraft look good for my minecraft channel yeah no problem man no problem i mean i'm not using it and uh, you know if you get some use out of it that would be awesome i I really enjoy you know your shows and everything so that would be uh, honestly an honor you know that uh, you can use it and uh, get some use out of it so i'm I'm happy you know It's, it's really cool and I'm going to say to our, especially to our guests here in the chat, that um, if you're if you're interested on getting on a show, I'm going to actually be 
be doing the Modulator Bay more show more recently or more more frequently, I should say, <laughs> more frequently. And um, and yeah, and and uh, Audio Surgeon will will be a good guest on here uh, always. But I've got ten slot up to ten slots. I could have ten people on here. We could be bantering here all together if you want. And so, uh, yeah, let me know, hit me up anybody and, and put the word out. I would like to start having other guests on the show and get us all together more. Yeah. That'd be really cool, man. I mean, seriously, this, this will be really awesome. Seriously. I see some good things in the future for this modulator bay. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know how long have we been going on here. I think we just hit wow. two hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's call it good on that. I gotta, I gotta go make dinner. Sure, sure, definitely. <laughs> Minecraft is super. Glory to glory to glory says yes, it is. Yes, it Minecraft. Is. It's a well, it'd be cool though. We should do like uh, maybe like a show where we could be on Minecraft and then like uh, be like, hey, you know, let's make some uh, stone blocks to build this house while we're jamming out to something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I could put it on either one of my channels. That would be that'd be awesome. Or just on Twitch, and then it'd be rebroadcast everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We got to do some do some crafting. Got to get get more get more music uh, production of our of our friends here who like Minecraft, of which are many, to come craft with us too. That's we'll get true. That too. That'll be awesome. Hold on. I mean, I was gonna do something cool, and then I forgot. There's no reverb. All right. We could just uh, go out to like the sound of like whatever this is. I don't even know. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for showing up and uh, and for coming with us after the fact too. <laughs> I hope everybody stays mellow. Take it easy and stay creative, as Audio Server would say. That's true. Stay creative. January, right? Yeah. Jam on. Jam on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to find out more information on Modulator Bay, go to my website. Uh, I, ha I have it posted in the link in the podcast here. Uh, or go to Mr. Basics' YouTube channel. Check out his videos and also his Twitch as well. And hopefully we'll see you on, on, on another episode. So anyway, I just wanted to say thanks again for listening. And uh, have a great new year. And uh, check out my stuff on SoundCloud. It's always available for free. So thank you. Enjoy.